In this episode, I I talk with Lauren McLaughlin, the commentator for the Association of Pickleball Professionals, APP Tour. Lauren discusses what is involved in live streaming pickleball tournaments and her new show on APP TV called First Dates with Lauren. So let's get to the intro to hear more. Before we get into that... Tell me a little bit about your story and how you got started. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where so it's all about I feel pickleball. Like I have a very similar story to many people in pickleball. I, I do have a pretty extensive athletic background, have played most sports growing up, played tennis just sort of recreationally as well growing up. And then my parents, who are snowbirds in Florida and have been for probably almost 20 years now. They, of course, pickleball started getting big in Florida and the the other snowbird capitals of the world. And uh, my parents started playing pickleball and they were telling me about it. And I just kind of, you know, what is this? I don't want to play. It just sounds like something the old people are doing. No, thank you. So I actually kind of put it off for a little while stubbornly and then you know, my, my brother was, was playing, we used to all play tennis together as a family, the four of us just for fun all the time. And then, you know, my parents were all about pickleball now. So I was kind of like, uh, fine, I guess the family's doing pickleball now. So, uh, I just sort of begrudgingly decided to start playing. And of course, you know, I was kind of like, all right, this is pretty fun, I guess. And there's been no looking back. We have never played tennis again since. (laughs) So that was about probably six or seven years ago. And uh, yep, it's been all pickleball since then. And I've never, I'm not a big tournament player. So I I enjoy playing recreationally. It's a lot of fun and just kind of get out there and get some exercise. And I, I enjoy getting better and working on some things, but I'm much more of, I would say, a recreational player, but I do enjoy it. Played a little pickleball today, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Well, I'm so jealous you're down in Florida right now, aren't you? I am. Yes, we just finished up the Punta Gorda Open, our kickoff for the APP Tour about a week, a little over a week ago, and my parents have a place down here, so I figured I have nothing going on in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now, so I'm just going to stay in Florida for a little while, and that's what I did, and I am certainly enjoying it to have about, oh, just a little under another week left here, and then I'm back to the Midwest, but I'm certainly enjoying the pickleball while I can down here. (laughs) So I'm curious, how did you go from playing pickleball to actually being a commentator for the tour? So pretty much a handful of very lucky circumstances kind of piled up to make that happen. I started, so kind of back in high school and college, I toyed around with the idea of going into communications, broadcasting something in that because uh, I really enjoyed that. But then, you know, you're young, you're not really sure what you're doing. And that just kind of didn't end up happening, went a different way. And then in 2019, yes, two, yes, 2019, I was going to my very first U.S. Open down here in Naples, and I got the opportunity to guest commentate for an exhibition that they were doing ahead of the Open at Tennis R Us, the sort of East versus West team competition. And it just really sort of ignited again my 
remembering how much I loved doing that. And I had kind of toyed around with rate. It's very similar to radio, obviously. And I just kind of was like, man, I was like, I really like this. I forgot how much I liked doing this. And at the time, people were doing live streaming on phones. There were a couple people doing slightly more sophisticated broadcasts, but I would say a good majority of people were still, you know, doing live streaming on phones at tournaments. And I was like, you know, I have a phone. I can get a microphone easy enough. I was traveling around going to different tournaments and I just kind of decided, hey, like I'm going to try my hand at live streaming. You know, anybody could do it. It didn't involve a lot of stuff. So started doing some live broadcasting and live streaming at different tournaments and got a good reception. People seemed to enjoy it and just kind of snowballed into doing, I was able to work with another. So at the time, there were only a couple, like I said, people doing slightly more sophisticated broadcasting. And I was able to get hooked up with one of them to do the Beer City Open and then the Chicago Open in 2019. And that kind of being at the Chicago Open was where Ken Herman, who was running that tournament for the first year, we connected and he kind of saw, you know, me live streaming and really thought I had a good work ethic and and liked what I was doing and basically was like, hey, let's keep in touch. You know, I have this big sort of idea in the works. And then we just, we did, we stayed in touch. And then it just kind of one thing led to another. And then the tour was supposed to kick off, of course, in 2020. And that obviously got all thrown into a tizzy. But yeah, so kind of just happened to meet Ken because I was doing some live streaming with somebody else at the Chicago Open. And then we just kind of kept talking and getting to know each other and, you know, became kind of part of the team. And that's all she wrote. I mean, it kind of just very kind of fell in my lap a little bit. And it's been certainly a roller coaster since. But yeah, that's how I, I just kind of happened to be in the right place at the right time, I guess. And so what are some of the things that have happened during this roller coaster ride, so to speak? So (laughs) we initially had, you know, someone set up to do the live streaming when we were getting ready to kick off in 2020. And then probably around the beginning of the year, they were no longer able to do that. And so Kyle Selinko kind of stepped into that role, not really knowing a lot about it at the time. And so he had a lot of research and things to do to prep and get ready for that, which I was helping with. And at the time, our team was much smaller in 2020 in terms of our production and broadcast team. So it was a lot of different hats, a lot of different planning sessions and calls and creative ideas. And then once COVID hit, we're literally packing the car to go or packing to get on the flight to go to Hilton Head to kick off in 2020 when COVID shut everything down. So that just threw a wrench into everything as a lot of people in pickleball experienced. And then we kind of had to pivot from there and came up, Ken came up with the idea of doing some pro exhibitions, you know, where we were going to do that, who we were going to do that with. And then it was, it was always came down to kind of the wire in terms of whether or not we were going to be able to run any tournaments because, you know, depending where in the country, what the regulations were, which state we're in, how locked down it was, what the mandates were. So it was, it was really kind of, you know, we hoped certain tournaments would be able to run. And then luckily we were able to run a couple, but 
it all was just sort of last minute, a little stressful, putting everything together. And then, of course, at the tournaments, like I said, the team was a little smaller last year. So there was just a lot going on and a lot to do for each person. So I'm really excited this year in 2021, we've expanded, you know, the production and broadcast teams to get some extra help and hands in there, which has made things much better. So I'm, I'm really excited. We've really kind of taken it to a next level for 2021. Well, that's great. It sounds like your responsibilities have changed with the additional team members what what's it like in your role now? What are the different things you're you're doing? So last year, in addition to commentating, I was also sort of, you know, helping set up and tear down all of the equipment. If anything was going wrong during the broadcast or needed to be adjusting, I kind of had to leave my seat at the broadcast table and I was climbing ladders to fix cameras and I was running to find somebody to (laughs) get this done. So it was just a lot of not being able to focus as well as everyone would like to on sort of one specific task, just because there were so many things to do and not a lot of people. So this year, obviously we've only had one tournament so far, but it was really great sort of, it's much more focused now my role in terms of mostly just the commentating, sort of being aware of you know, staying, I'm able to stay in my chair, just commentating, just worrying about watching the matches, seeing what's going on, communicating with the production team in terms of, you know, what we're running next, graphics that we're talking about, all that good stuff. So it's much, much more focused now on me being able to just be a part sort of of the broadcast commentating team and not have to worry about a bunch of other little things because now someone else handling them, which has been really nice. I I bet that's been a relief. So nowadays, how is it that you prepare for a tournament in terms of being, you know, a commentator? So I would say, you know, obviously we look ahead of time to see, you know, who are in the draws in terms of the pro divisions. You know, we kind of you know, our best guess and estimate based on who we know, how they're ranked, et cetera, who we think is going to kind of make it farther in the draws, see, you know, who might match up against each other. That would be really great matches. So it's a lot of sort of, it's not a ton of prep work, I would say in terms of the commentators roles, but it is knowing who we have that's playing in the tournament, who maybe we haven't seen before, who's a new player that we want. Lauren, can you hear me? Necessarily seen play before. And it's been so nice because Dominic Catalano and Dave Fleming, who are on the commentating team with me for the APP tour, they're just so knowledgeable in terms of the different players and the newcomers and just the game in general. Obviously, Dave being a senior pro player as well knows all of these pros super well. Dominic does a lot of teaching and coaching and just kind of is very knowledgeable. So it's so great to have them because while I might in title be the head commentator, they're they're the experts. They know what's going on. I just kind of steer the ship as it were and, you know, make sure everything's going smoothly and who we need to talk about when. And it's it's been a really great dynamic and just sort of camaraderie and teamwork within the team in terms of, you know, 
our styles work very well together. We have a good time. And so it's, it's been really fun. I really like the team that we have together. I just wanted to break in here and say, as pickleball players, we want to get better at the sport. And it was in a recent interview with Hella Spar, I realized I didn't even do 10% of what she talked about on the court. So I've signed up for a doubles course, and you may want to consider doing so too. You can get more information by going to pickleballfire.com doubles. And just to let you know, I do make an affiliate commission if you purchase her course, and this helps to support the Pickleball Fire podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, then when you're doing commentary for a tournament, how many hours a day, you know, would you be commentating and and broadcasting? It depends on the tournament and how big the draws are. Uh, I guess the best reference would be we just did the Punta Gorda Open and on Friday, I believe we were streaming commentating for 11 hours. Saturday was 12 and Sunday was nine. So it is long, long days. I mean, certainly longer than any any day jobs hours for the most part, depending what the job is. But they can be very long days. Luckily, you know, if it's a slightly smaller tournament, they'll be shorter. Usually singles day is the shortest day just because it's not necessarily as many people. It kind of works through the draw a little bit quicker. So certainly it was some long days for Punta Gorda. <laughs> Wow, that must take a lot of energy. You must be so tired when you get done with the tournament. I am. And so, so is the whole team. It's certainly everybody kind of runs on adrenaline during the tournament because there's just so much going on. You really can't, sorry, you really can't focus on anything else except the stream and the tournament while it's going on. And so it takes just a lot of physical energy, mental energy to focus that hard and that long on what's going on. So certainly by the end of during sun Sunday usually is when everybody starts to feel it. And then once the tournament ends on Sunday, everybody is basically like, okay, bye everybody. I'm going to go sleep for two straight days. I don't want to hear or talk about pickleball at all. And then everyone convenes to chat. So after watching all of that pickleball and doing the commentary, did you have a favorite match from Punta Gorda? Oh, there were a lot of really great matches from Punta Gorda. I would say, oh man, the, both of the, I mean, all of the finals were so great for every division, but I would say, honestly, my Probably the most exciting and favorite match was probably the gold medal match for men's singles between Tyson McGuffin and Zane Navratil. I know Zane pretty well from Milwaukee, and he's played Tyson several times in singles, and I don't think he has beaten I'm not sure if he's never beaten him, but he certainly has not beat him for a gold medal to my knowledge. And so that was just a suit. That was just a really exciting match because both of them are such dynamic, fast on the court, just all over the place. Great players. And Zane has just, he's gotten so much better in the last year since he went full time to pickleball. So that was just a really, really exciting match to watch. And I think everybody, you know, I think Zane was all anything anybody talked about for their, this last week. So that was fun. 
And for the future tournaments in 2021, give me an idea of what's coming up. So we have on the APP tour, I think officially right now, 16 stops all over the country and then one stop in Europe for the English Open and then one in Canada. I believe we are potentially adding a couple stops, which might not be live streamed, but just a couple extra smaller sort of more amateur tournaments up the East Coast, which is very exciting. So quite um, a packed schedule for the year. Hopefully we're able to run most of them. We have postponed the Los Angeles Open, which was going to be our second stop to early summer. So we have a little bit of a, a break now before we, our second stop now will be Delray Beach in March back here in Florida. So it's certainly a lot of jet setting around the country. So a lot of travel and hopefully things just continue to get better in terms of COVID and people, you know, being able to be safe and with the vaccine and all of that and, and states being able to open up. So we're certainly you know, keeping a very close eye on the situation and where our tournaments are and making sure we can be as safe as possible while still allowing people to have a tournament to come and play at. So I'm very excited. There's a lot of really, really great locations this year. And I know every year is just going to get bigger and better. So I'm I'm very excited because, you know, Punta Gorda just went really well. And I feel like the broadcast went super well, better than anything we've done so far, which was really exciting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just continuing to see it get better as we go throughout the year and just sort of, you know, what's, what's great about the entire team broadcast and production side is we all want to be the best that we can be in whatever aspect we're contributing to the team. So there's a lot of team meetings that we're having sort of you know, continually as we go throughout the year, just making sure everybody's on the same page. If there's anything that needs improving, we talk about it, you know, what can get better for next time, all that good stuff. So we're always striving to be the best we can and get better because there's always ways to improve. So I definitely am working, you know, myself on just getting better at commentating, being more knowledgeable about things that I can contribute and add to the game. Well, of course, we want to be very professional. We want to, you know, have a good time and have fun as well, because I think that's something that the viewers really appreciate about the sport of pickleball, being able to watch it and kind of, you know, it's, it's serious and professional, but, you know, it's a, it's a small sport still. So I think there's flexibility at this point for, you know, a little bit more fun than maybe a bigger sport that's nationally televised would have. So I'm just, it's, it's really exciting. I'm excited for the future and what's to come. Well, I hope you keep all that fun in it because I think that's so much of what pickleball is. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's, it's a, it's a fine line you have to walk, I think between, you know, adding kind of your own personal fun spin to it and, and still being professional and what people want. Cause of course, you know, you, you don't want to be one of those commentators that people are just like, uh, like I have, I can't even, I just mute the video because I can't even listen to them talk. <laughs> so I'm trying real hard to not be, not be that person. So I think I'm doing a decent job so far. And it's, it's funny, certain people are kind of fans, I would say, or, or they've kind of been following the tour now, which is really great because they're super interactive on the live streams and watching, which we love so much seeing them on and being able to chat with them. And they're always kind of egging us on to, 
you know, be crazy or funny, which we like to do, but you know, we have, we have to sometimes rein in it a little bit and make sure, you know, we're, we're putting on a good product and being professional as well. So we, I think we do a good job, a good balance of professional and fun. And so what's the vision for really kind of you personally as a commentator and, you know, what does your future look like beyond 2021 when it comes to doing things related to or in pickleball? So I am really in addition to obviously, of course, still just continuing to try and improve, you know, my role and how well I do in terms of a commentator, I'm really hoping to not only be involved, of course, with the APP tour, but I would love to, you know, officially be part of the team for, you know, either the U.S. Open or the Nationals tournament, which of course are two basically of the biggest tournaments of the year in pickleball. So I'd love to kind of get into that arena as well. And I know we have a really great fun thing starting up this month, which is APP TV. So uh, a lot of people have these kind of fun original content shows that we're doing that are going to be on the APP Tour Facebook and uh, YouTube pages. And so I have a show on there called First Dates with Lauren, where, you know, it's just kind of a one-on-one sit down with uh, some of the pros that you will probably know from pickleball and just kind of chatting with them about, you know, their life outside of pickleball. You know, basically we, we, we say we talk about anything and everything except pickleball. So I'm really excited to be doing that and getting to kind of you know, not just commentate, but have sort of like a fun little interview show as well. So I'm just really hoping to kind of get involved maybe with some other tournaments outside of the tour as well as we continue to grow and expand. And then I'm really hoping to learn how to run tournaments as well. That's kind of on my to-do list for this year to be able to sort of branch out into tournaments that we aren't necessarily doing on the tour or aren't going to be at live streaming, possibly, you know, having another avenue into the pickleball world to kind of be a part of it and help run some tournaments that are maybe, you know, smaller. We, I might help run some of the East Coast tournaments that we have coming up that we might not be streaming at, but that would be really fun and something new and challenging to take on. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, it sounds like at this point, then you're pretty much doing pickleball things full time. I am. Yes, I it's funny. I I was living in Chicago before being in Milwaukee and I lost my job there back in March of 2019. And I have not had a real job since. So it just kind of worked out that once the tour kind of kicked off it, you know, hats off to, you know, everybody that's involved in the tour and pickleball that's still doing a full-time job as well, because it's just so much work to be able to do both. So I feel very fortunate that I'm able to kind of do this right now. And I am not, I guess, pressed to have to have a full-time job. So I'm able to kind of survive just doing this right now because it is a lot of travel and gives me a lot of flexibility to, you know, be in Florida after a tournament like I am now and kind of do that. So I'm definitely looking to, you know, fill the downtime spaces in between tournaments with being able to do more stuff in the pickleball world. But I I am really enjoying the flexibility and I very much understand why pros and other people involved in pickleball are 
really looking to make it their full-time job if they can, because it's just so great and a lot of really great people to be associated with and get to see at tournaments and traveling around. So I've really enjoyed the people that I've gotten to meet and get to know through pickleball. As I know a lot of people that play pickleball are, it's, it's definitely opened up a whole sort of other avenue for community and friends and, you know, just people to have a good time with. So yes, I hope to be able to continue to just do the pickleball thing. And if we can add a couple things to the plate that maybe make a little bit more money as we continue on, then that would of course be ideal. Well, I'm sure you're going to make it happen just like you have been doing it this last year or so. It's uh, crazy in terms of the growth of the sport. But if somebody wants to get a hold of you and, you know, reach out for an, an opportunity or anything, where's the best place to reach you? So it's really funny. The instant you said that, I was like, I am still single too. So if someone would like to reach out to take me on a date, I'm open to that as well. I think you meant more professionally, but I'm just putting out there. (laughs) So I would say the best probably way to get in touch with me would be on Facebook or Instagram. I have my personal Facebook page is just, of course, my name, Lauren McLaughlin. But then I also have a page that is live with Lauren which is basically sort of my my pickleball persona person. So certainly can hit me up on either of those places on Facebook. And then my Instagram is laxlauren1, L-A-X Lauren1, if anyone wanted to reach out to me there as well. So I would say that's probably the best bet. And I won't give out my phone number, but you know that might be the next step. <laughs> well, I've had a number of people do that on the podcast. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. I just feel like, I mean... It's pickleball. I, I assume I won't be just getting like, it's not like I'm a celebrity with millions of people that would be calling my phone number, but <laughs> that's, oh. that's very brave of people. I applaud them. <laughs> At least not yet, right? Exactly. Maybe one day. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great having you on the podcast. Really a lot of fun to talk to. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.